Um, and I think it's probably a young person thing as well, is like you always worry about what other people think. Um, when in reality, no one cares. Like no one cares at all. You know, I, I always try to give a lot of respect to other creators and I really try to be, you know, kind and, and welcoming and, you know, nice to everyone. So it was the right time then. It was also the right time professionally uh, in regards to, you know, my channel was growing and to take that next step, I had to put more time into making better videos. So professionally, you know, that was, that was the right time for me there as well. Hello all and welcome back to the Scouting Centre. I am your host, Mr. Diz TV. And my guest today is a returning guest to the Scouting Centre. And since he was last on, he has gained over 15,000 subscribers in that time. He has now got over 35,000 subscribers in the Football Manager content creation world. And we've got him at his peak because he gained 1,000 in the last week. He's uploaded over 1,500 times, getting close to 7 million views. And he's a step closer to doing this full time. You will find him being part of the streamer showdown, where the last time he was involved, he picked a team of Toms, which had no chance of winning, but it did provide us with some of the best content. What I will say is, I've realised this is coming out on Thursday, so he drafted an amazing team yesterday. Let's just say that that happened. He, amazing team, favourites to win the competition. It's amazing. It's amazing. He's also a TikTok sensation. He's one of the next in line of football manager content creators who are coming through and his content is unique in every sense of the word. This guy will probably be one of the next ones to go full time. He is Lincoln's favourite son. It is Tom FM. Tom, how are you, buddy? I am uh, smiling ear to ear after that introduction. Thank you, Diz. That's very kind of you. Uh, I'm very well. How are you? I am brilliant and I'm so happy to get you back on. When I talk about innovative, when I talk about innovation, when we talk about improvement and since you were last on, like it just seems like you've got better and better and better and I feel like we're going to have a great chat today, Tom. Yeah, I can't believe some of those metrics that you started talking about then, like 15,000 since I was last on and like 1,500 videos. That I, I didn't realise that in, myself. That just blew my mind. So I was like, just like, oh my, what? I couldn't believe that. Like, sometimes it takes someone to tell you what you've done to realise what you've done, maybe. I think it's also the fact that you're constantly on the hamster wheel, so to speak, aren't you? Because you create a video, you're on to the next one, you're on to the next one. So it's very difficult for you to sit back and smell the roses, so to speak, you know, look at the success or look how well you've done over this period of time. 100%. Um, I think that's something we'll get into a bit later on. I, I completely agree with you. No, definitely. So when we talk about content then, tell me about what was your content highlight over the last 12 to 13 months? I think the last... I mean, the last 12 months, definitely this past month itself has been a real highlight. Um, it's been one of the fastest periods of growth that I've ever had on the channel. It's been the best month that June has been the best month I've ever had on YouTube. Um, just, you know, for, for whatever reason, I've been um, blessed with some good views <laughs> and uh, subscriber growth has been great this past month. And that's been, you know, a fact I've changed some content up and I guess that's been a consequence of changing it up and it's done really, really well. So that's one highlight. But I think another one definitely has been... Um, becoming a commentator for Lincoln City, like the, the team I support, the, the team I've always supported, like becoming a commentator for them has been uh, a huge highlight. Well, I want to talk about your content first and then we will talk about the Lincoln City things as well because that is a huge achievement from yourself. But let's talk about that switch up in YouTube strategy. So I've looked at your YouTube and recently, well, prior to two months before, so not the last two months before that, you were doing regular Let's Play series the Wrexham way. Yes. In the last two months, you've switched it up where you're doing two Let's Play a week. 
but you do more one-off experiment videos and that seems to have coincided with you gaining over 6,000 subscribers in the last six weeks or so. Tell me why you made that decision to, to make that change. Yeah, there's there's been there's a number of factors going into this sort of change and uh, I think the, the, the biggest one is I've just been a bit slow to react probably. Um, content in particular in the Football Manager space has really evolved over the past couple of years or so. Um, obviously, Zealand sort of led the charge with that. And, you know, he's gained all the subscribers he has done because he, he makes fantastic quality videos that are also completely different and unique to what was before him, right? Before him, everyone was just sort of on the let's play sort of thing. The odd experiment thrown into that sort of thing, the odd guide thrown in, everything, everything like that. And obviously, he's changed that game in that respect as to how you do Football Manager content. And he's, had, you know, seen the dividends with that. He's done amazingly well. Um, and I think I was very slow to sort of react to that because I'd always just done Let's Play content. That was always my my main thing. It's what I enjoyed doing the most, right? Because um, essentially, I'm getting to play Football Manager, having a chat to myself, which then goes out to people who are watching. And, you know, people come back and watch it every single day. And that was amazing. I loved doing that. And I had a bit of tunnel vision with that potentially, I think. And um, so that was one part of it. Obviously, content had changed a lot and I was a bit slow to react. I'd seen other channels, uh, in particular Luke and RDF. They'd Obviously, it's not a competition, but they'd gone ahead of me in subscriber numbers. And although it's not a competition, I'm so happy for those guys because they make some great quality content and it's, it's really top quality stuff. Like I, I mentioned, the word association, Luke stuff has been really good, I think, in the past year or so, um, two years or so. He's been fantastic. And... I'd seen these guys overtaken me. And there is a part of me who's competitive and as a content creator, you want to be the best. And you're thinking, well, okay, what are they doing that I'm not doing? Obviously, they, they aren't focusing on Let's Play stuff. They're focusing on the more one-off videos, RDF tactics-wise, Luke with, you know, rebuilds and other things like that. And I think I just, I hadn't taken my own advice because when people ask me for advice, particularly new creators, I'm like, don't, don't do a, a long Let's Play series because no one new is going to join episode 99. And I hadn't taken my advice of that, I suppose. I'd always just, you know, carried on doing those long sort of let's plays. And so it just came to a point where I had to change things up, wanted to change things up for my own well-being as well. Um, and essentially, I'd just been doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And that's obviously like the first sign of madness, isn't it? So I thought, right, let's change things up. Let's focus more on these experiment types of videos that I have done throughout my whole YouTube life. I'm not tactically that great at the game. RDF is, that's where his niche is, obviously. Um, Luke's very good at making great entertaining content. He comes up with some really great unique ideas. Potentially, I'm not quite as good at that as, as, as he is. So I focused down on what I knew I could do. And that was the experiment stuff that I've done throughout the years. And I think that's what's um, really taken off this past couple months or so. And so sort of jumping out the comfort zone a little bit of the Let's Plays, I think it's really benefited me as a, as, as a creator. I've grown in these past two months or so, um, it, you know, personally and channel-wise. You mentioned a couple of things there. One of the things that stuck with me was you being competitive. Now, at the start of this Football Manager 2022 cycle, there were six people that were given early access to Football Manager. Was that something that that you wanted to be a part of? Because you weren't on this occasion. But was that something that kind of gave you a little bit of a kick, maybe? Yeah, in a way, in a way, definitely. Uh, obviously, I was absolutely gutted not to be there because uh, this was the first year where creators were allowed to actually create videos on the alpha uh, and put it out there. And that was a huge benefit for them, obviously. And I, I really wanted to be a part of that. Um, I've been part of other events that Fort Manager put on in the past before. Um, but obviously, the first year you could actually make videos on the alpha. 
so I was good not to be involved in that. But I, I also understood why I wasn't. They've got to have a limited number of people involved. Um, and you always want to have the biggest reach possible. So obviously, you know, Ben, Jack, Kev, Zealand, they're always going to be involved. That kind of leaves two other spots. And I know I'd worked with them in the past on a few other things or been invited to a few other things. And they want to get to know other creators a bit more. So uh, Luke was there, wasn't he? Who was the other person who was Second year card. Second year card, he was there, of course. And uh, they make great quality content. It's probably a little bit more aligned to maybe what Foot Manager wanted to see the content made of. Um, whereas I was doing pure Let's Play stuff. I'm sure Luke could have done much better content at that time than I could on, you know, something they wanted to see um, pushed out there. So, like, I was disappointed, obviously, gutted. Uh, but, of course, it motivates you as well to try and make some better content and maybe get back on their radar a little bit more. Not that I wasn't, but I know that they're, you know, because I, I have contact with them every now and again. Um, but, yeah, definitely was a, was a source of motivation, yeah. You've also mentioned a couple of people that you... Not com- not compete with but people that you keep an eye on you mentioned Omega Luke you mentioned RDF is there anyone else you kind of compare yourself to uh, in the football manager content creation space yeah everyone everyone I think you compare yourself to to everyone um and it's not it's not like it's a like a oh I want to beat them I want to get them like I'm great mates with all of them you know they're such great guys I love them um in the same way that I don't know at your at your local gym for example if you go with your mates like maybe one of you is benching 100 kilos you're on like 90 like oh, i really want to i'm buds for them lifting so much weight but i really want to be lifting heavier than them like it's that sort of friendly competitiveness at least in my head it's not like i'm going to them all the time saying oh i'm gonna beat you or anything like that um it's more of a you want to be the best creator out there uh at least that's what it is in my head i know ben said something similar on his you know he wants to be the best and everyone wants to be the best so um I am competitive in, in in that sense, but I'm always happy for them when they smash through milestones. Uh, like, like Clayton's recently hit 20k subs, and like, I'm, I'm gassed for him. That's fantastic news for him. Um, and so, yeah, I'm always comparing myself and, and looking at numbers and what other people are doing. Because obviously, if you look at what other people are doing, what's working well for them, you can try and bring some of those ideas into your own content to try and do better as well. Um, and ultimately, I, you know, I want to be part of that. 100k plus club club so i'm always comparing myself to you know ben jack kev zealand you know all of those guys to try and get myself up there as well you also mentioned about having to switch up your content because of your well-being tell me more about that um i guess i guess in a way like uh you fall into a you can fall into a routine pretty quickly and i I did obviously where all I was doing was the Wrexham way. And, and I loved doing it because it was great, a great video, but I wasn't pushing myself. I wasn't challenging myself. I was staying in the comfort zone of record a Let's Play, edit it, upload it, play a little bit off camera, record, edit, upload. So that sort of routine. I wasn't, I wasn't improving myself as a creator. I wasn't uh, pushing myself or, you know, exploring other areas or, or learning new things. And that's, that's something that you always have to do, self-improvement, right? uh so i think that gets you that can get you down particularly when like the growth isn't there that you want and you know why it's not there because you're doing episode 99 of the rex and way no one knew clicking on that you know that uh but as a part of you it's like oh why, why am i not growing and you try and blame on other factors and it ultimately it comes down to you and i think that had to sort of uh restart kick, kick, kick start myself a bit and just say right let's let's do something new let's throw yourself into things again um push yourself a little bit jump out the comfort zone a little bit 
you know learn some different editing styles you know get on skillshare do editing classes on there to actually know how to properly edit things and you know present in different styles do different things and i think that's really helped in the past couple months or so so what was that instigation that pushed you from the rex and wayne the daily let's play to i need to spice this up a little bit i need to cut back on the let's play i need to do more experiment videos what what was that instigating factor it was it was more that I, I wasn't where I wanted to be, right? Um, I, I'd looked at my growth over FM twenty two, and it had stagnated a bit, really, and I wasn't happy with that. So if you're not happy with something, you've got to make a change. And I think that's ultimately what it was. I, I spotted the issues and thought, right, let's let's do something about it. I guess. And then one of the questions I want to ask you is about yourself and the people who are surrounding you. Is there a team, Tom? And if there is, what does it look like? Uh, yeah, there certainly is, right? But I think this will come back to more of just me as a, as a person, right? Like, uh, I <laughs> I am absolutely terrible at communicating with, with, with people in general. Um, like, my friends will attest to this, that I'll take ages to reply to... Like, my phone's next to me, right? Let's have a quick look on my phone. When's the last time I messaged my friends back? So... Uh, Reese, last time I messaged him or re- I haven't replied to him since the 30th of May. Oh my god, I've left him on red since the 30th of May. That's ridiculous. Uh, Ethan, 5th of June. Like, like, okay, so as soon as I finish this, I'll message them back. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm terrible at communicating. Um, and I think it's just because I'm very, I'm very comfortable on my own, in my own company. I'm not a massively social person and so as a result i don't think i'm that great at like fostering a community and you know inverted commas community sort of thing i feel like it's a bit of a i I don't really like the word so much but there's no better word for it really so i'm terrible at that and i always feel bad about that because uh a lot of people watch my videos and you know i want to be able to do more for them but like it's just not me as my personality to be that social so there is a team tom and they always turn up for like the streamer showdowns and obviously there are you know a lot of people that watch my videos on a regular basis that leave comments and i reply to the comments and you know there's a thriving community on my discord a lot of people are in there talking every single day which i'm not necessarily quite as involved in and i think because of i've noticed it recently as well like it's so stupid uh because i'm not particularly social mm. and i'm like oh i've not spoken on my own discord for a while like, oh because I've not spoken for a while, they probably don't want to hear it, hear from me. Like I'm probably, they'll probably get annoyed if I start talking or promoting something in there. So I'd, <laughs> I was sort of like in my head, like, ah, oh, I'm not gonna like put down. Oh, I'm live now, guys. Like ping everyone because I'm like, oh, where, where's he been? He's not posting anything. It's by bloody Discord. Like I surely, I, can, I don't know. It's one of those sort of things, and maybe it's a bit of a, a introverted confidence thing. I don't know, sort of thing. But I'm just not great at fostering a community or communicating or being that social really uh, which is very strange because i you know put myself out on the internet almost every day um and i'm very confident talking to a camera and a microphone and, and even like a like a like a live audience public speaking I'm, I'm, I'm fine doing that and everything like that but i just i'm just not very good at being a social person so yeah so is being an intro is that something you've always been it's weird because I remember at school, growing up, like so obviously if in, in the UK, that's you know up to eighteen years old. I was I always loved being the centre of attention, 
and you know as friends with everyone um not like best friends but like i could happily sit down have a conversation with anyone like in the sick form common room like in between lessons or whatnot things like that but i think that's also because those people i've been to school with had been to school with since i was what like five six seven eight you know 11 in some cases at secondary school like you've been with them like for your entire life almost so like you know the ins and outs of everyone and you're so so comfortable in that situation i remember going to uni and that's where i first sort of realized that like oh my god i don't think i'm that great at actually making friends with people uh or being that social because i never felt fully that comfortable and i don't think the guys that i live with i think i think it's the way like so i think the people from school probably wouldn't have recognized me as much at uni and i don't think the people at uni would have recognized as much if they'd known me when i was like 16 17 18 at school sort of thing i think i was a lot more outgoing at school than at university ever or anything like that um and i think maybe i don't know what it is really if i'm honest with you because obviously I, I do youtube like clearly i quite like being the center of attention because i've got a youtube channel right so clearly i must quite like that i'm psychoanalyzing myself right now um but I've always, always, always liked being in my own company as well. Whether that's a, you know, we always get home from school and rather than sit down and meet, uh, go out and meet out, uh, meet up, we'd sit down and play on the Xbox, for example, or, you know, back in the old, old days, we'd sit down at the weekend on the computer and chat with each other on RuneScape or something like that. So maybe that's where, I don't know. But yeah, I think there's, there's definitely, I can definitely tell there was a change at some point that maybe I just hadn't recognised. I don't know, but yeah. So can I ask you then, you create and you're a creator by yourself in front of a computer for large parts of the day. Do you think that kind of reinforces your introvert nature? It must do to an extent, right? It must do. Um, massively. Because I I guess it's where I'm most comfortable. It depends what I'm doing, right? Like I've got a, you know, a solid group of friends that I've like there's there's two guys in this friendship group that I've literally known since I was pretty much born, right? So like there's 25 minutes of friendship there. You know, whenever they're around, we'll always go out and do stuff, you know, whether it's the pub or, you know, the driving range or around a golf or something like that. You know, we'll always do something. Um, or sit in the sauna at David Lloyd. <laughs> my mother my makes to the member there. He's got guest passes. Whenever he's back, we always go and have a jacuzzi <laughs> uh, session. Uh, sauna, steam and jacuzzi. And we just sit there for hours. And it's great. And it's a good ch- uh, you know, catch up and, and chat. So it's great that's um but yeah I, I think it must do. i think i always feel sort of bad saying it in a way because uh obviously throughout covid and lockdowns it was hard for an awful lot of people whereas i i didn't find it that difficult at all and that's obviously just because i'm a bit introverted and i'm not that social sort of thing so it didn't really hit me as hard as it would have hit other people and i think i I did benefit from that to an extent, right? Particularly with the YouTube side of things. Um, but yeah, now you mention it, like it must play a part, you know, sitting, looking at the computer all day, making content. It, it must play a part, yeah. But like you say yourself, you've got no issue with public speaking. You're very articulate. You can perform to a camera. You can perform on stream of showdowns, etc. But with all that, is there a pressure in relation to your feeling and creating do you ever feel that pressure in relation to everything that you're doing and also kind of getting you out of that comfort zone as well? Obviously, you're comfortable being in your own company. Are the pressures associated with you putting yourself through content creation, so to speak? 
I say through, like it's. I don't mean through as in in a bad way, but it's something you got to step out of your comfort zone, right? Massively, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Um, Yeah, there's definitely. I remember first when I when I first started making content, uh, I didn't want anyone to know about it because I was I was 19 when I made my first video um, at uni and. Probably wasn't the most confident at the time either on the grounds that like I'd recognise a change where, you know, I was the outgoing guy at school, wanted to be the kind of class clown, centre of attention to at uni, realising that I was quite reserved and on the periphery a lot more and not really wanting to be or feeling confident enough to be right in the centre of things, for example. And so I didn't want anyone to know. Um, And so when I was at uni, I I was part of the rowing team. I'd been rowing for quite a few years and carried on at uni. Um, and obviously it's like a like a lads 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 environment sort of thing um, and so I knew I didn't want anyone to know obviously because I knew as soon as like people would would know there they'd be like ah oh, there'd be a lot of banter that I just wouldn't want to deal with essentially um, and I think it's probably a young person thing as well is like you always worry about what other people think um, when in reality no one cares like no one cares at all what you do or anything like that no one cares uh, but at the time you think everyone cares and so I kept it as, as a secret for a, for a long long time and I remember it would have been maybe like nine months in to creating videos or something like that uh, one of my housemates found out and um, I remember he asked me about it I, I had no idea how to respond I was, I was, it, it was a crap response probably not really knowing what to do and I remember um that I came home one day and the guys guys are watching like a video and like um and, and they, they were very supportive they were really nice like obviously no one cares like they were like oh this is what you do fair it's cool um and I think they're asking some questions about it but I had no idea to react I hated this idea that people knew and I remember like answering one or two questions and going upstairs and just crying I remember that uh like it was yesterday um and I hated that and but I don't know why I, it was such a a bad reaction from me to an extent I don't know I just did not enjoy the idea that people seem to know and it seemed to bother me a lot but um I think I just worried what people would think and again that's probably just a very young person thing more than anything else I think as you get older you realize people don't care right um so I remember that being a thing massively and then I I think I got over that because it was only those guys that knew but then as more and people knew as the channel got bigger and bigger and bigger, there was a bit more anxiety about that, I think. But to the point now where, like, I, th- I don't know if I was always trying to justify it to an extent, because at the time when they found out there was only a few hundred subscribers, and I thought, oh, well, I'm only doing it to a few hundred subscribers. Like, it's not like it's a thousand. It's not like it's 10,000. It's like it's a million. You know, I think I was always trying to find ways to justify it. And I think I hated talking about it uh, until I was like, you know, had gone like part time as a as a as a YouTuber. Like I work part time. The other part time is, is is creating videos and stuff. I think I hated talking about it even until then, and that's when I maybe kind of felt like I could justify it to people. If I don't know if people think it's I don't know. I think maybe people I would have thought people would have thought this is so weird. What the hell is he doing? If I could then justify it and say, oh, it's my job to do this, people are like, oh, right, fair enough, okay. I think that's maybe how I thought I could justify it. I don't know. Again, maybe I'm psychoanalyzing myself a bit too much and maybe using this as therapy in a way, I don't know. But like, it's 
there was definitely a lot of pressure around that when I started. And again, it's one of those things where you look back and think, what was, why was I ever like that? Why was I ever worried? But it's the way my mind works. See, that's mad to me because you went part-time, I think it was late last year. So you would have been, yes. you would have been creating content for about four and a bit years before you felt comfortable to say, I'm Tom FM and I'm a content creator. Yeah, definitely. I think I would have done. Because um, I felt like I could properly justify it then I don't know and again I don't know why that's such a big thing in my head or was a big thing in my head because like again no no one cares what you what you do as an individual um like but I seem to have it in my head that people would and I don't know why um but again I think it's it must come down to a, a a subconscious confidence thing i don't know like you can be very confident on the outside but on the inside not very confident maybe mm. um maybe that was part of it potentially can i ask about your when you were growing up what did you think you'd be when you grew up i have no idea um i i've never i ne- I, I, I never remember particularly wanting to be anything especially there's there were one or two things that i remember thinking about like i remember at one point i think it's because I, I was into history as a kid um i did my degree in history um so i've, I've always been into it obviously but i remember must have been reading a lot about world war Two, and i think probably like you know one of these like books about a fighter pilot and i remember thinking like i really want to be a fighter pilot i remember at one point um but it lasted like a week or so probably obviously a player for lincoln city but these are like when you're properly, properly young. I don't ever remember thinking more than like a few weeks ahead at school. Like it was always just a case of, oh, I'm going to go through school. Oh, I'm going to go to university. Oh, I'm going to get a job. Like it was, ne- there was never any more thought than that. I don't know. So it's a bit of a rubbish answer, but I never had that long term thought. Like I think at one point I maybe wanted to be a lawyer, but that's because like people were like, oh, what do you want to do when you're older? And I have no idea what to say. So I'll just say, oh, lawyer, accountant, stuff like that. I don't know. Um, it never, I never had that long-term thought. I just went with the flow, I think, really. So the reason why I ask that is because I'm wondering if if there was a sense of... Because being a content creator is so different from traditional jobs, right? So like you, you mentioned a few there, fighter pilot, accountant, lawyer. So to go from potentially that's what you want to be, which obviously you didn't have that long-term thought process. So it's probably... But to go from a traditional job route or what people would consider to be a traditional job route to then a content creator it's like total opposites right so I'm wondering if that's why you were kind of a little bit almost fearful of describing yourself as a content creator and also like coming out as a content creator yeah actually that's that's probably a good point I think I think I think deep down everyone you want everyone to like you don't you um and I don't know. I think, I think, I think a big part of it as well is you want people to think you're successful as a person and <laughs> in every aspect of your life, which obviously no one ever is, right? But I think maybe that's kind of what I want to, to portray to people. And I think maybe if I was like, oh, I just I make some YouTube videos, um, maybe I didn't think that was adequate. Maybe I don't know. Um, and that's why subconsciously it was always quite scary to talk about it potentially 
but again, it's it's it's, it's suddenly a, a deep psychoanalysis, a, a, a deep psychoanalysis of myself. <laughs> No, and that's fine. Like ultimately, I I understand that. Like some of these questions are very deep; they get quite personal, and I feel like you know I do try and ask you to, kind of, just to try and understand you a little bit better as well. Because I'm sure the viewers would love to do that as well, just to get to know what makes Tom tick. And and some of those things as well is in relation to your general principles in life. Now, do any of your general life principles transfer over into your content creation? Yeah, definitely. Um, hundred percent. I think. I think one of the things that was always sort of drilled into me when I was growing up was, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. Um, and so, you know, I, I always try to give a lot of respect to other creators and I really try to be, you know, kind and, and welcoming and, you know, nice to everyone. Uh, I, I, I'm terrible with conflict. I hate, I hate making people, you know, upset or feeling like I've made people upset or cross or feel like I've done them wrong or something like that so <clears throat> you know with other creators with with viewers I, you know it's always just to you know treat others how you want to be treated sort of thing uh I think you've also got to be like genuine and true to yourself I think with my videos particularly with me what you see is 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 is, is what I am I suppose like I'm not going to act massively different on a video than I am in, in in real life it's not like there are two completely different personalities of course on a video you are more heightened you are a bit more exaggerated you know to to make good content right to keep people engaged but there's, there's not going to be something that's too too different on that to an extent um and i also think in my in my general life um i try to enjoy things as much as possible you know just sort of go with the flow enjoy life don't don't stress too much you know if you can't control the situation then you can't control the situation like um it, it could be something stupid like ah oh, you've missed a train and you get really cross yourself but ah oh, what we can't control that so just just go with the flow like just you know enjoy the wait for the next train or something like that and, you know that's just an example i could think of on the top of my head um and that applies to content as well like some videos are naturally going to do a lot better than others. Some videos that you make that you think are going to be amazing aren't great, but you can't get cross at yourself or like oh, the algorithm's punishing me or you know something like that. Like you just have to accept it. Maybe look at why. Look at the analytics as to why it's not done so well. You know, look inwards and just go with the flow and enjoy the process. I like that you said there about looking inwards. And how much do you do that? How much do you? look within yourself as to things you can do as to think and try and find things that you can do better yeah i've tried to do it a lot more recently um definitely with the sort of switching content that's been a big part of that you know <clears throat> excuse me looking inward um to myself and you know what i can improve what i need to improve i think it's so so important in in a lot of life um i've got where is it in this drawer here i've got a, a big journal and like I won't show you all of it because you know it's it's probably not a whole great thing to look at. But like, uh, I really try to sort of track what I'm doing, trying to build habits, for example. So like, I just, like there's a random page here, like lots of dots and lines and colours, and like all the dots are like I'm trying, you know, if you're trying to like build a habit, for example, like um, one of these on here is it was when I switched from um, Vegas Pro to to Premier Pro. 
I was like, right, I need to learn how to use Premiere Pro properly. So one of these on here to like to build a habit is I was doing a Skillshare class. So every day that I do a Skillshare class, I'd put little dots on there um, to say, that, you know, I've done some work that day. And you can look at the past month and think, okay, actually, you know, maybe I've not felt like I've improved that much this month. But looking at this, you know, I've, I've made the effort. I put the time into it to make that improvement. Um, there's other things in here like, you know, read a bit more, things like that. Um, I track a lot of like the, the, the you know, I go to, when I go to the gym or cycle, stuff like that. Uh, the lines, they're all like sleep, how much sleep I've got and things like that. Um, the colours, like, specifically how I've felt on that day, feelings wise, you know, am I happy? Um, I, that's a bit much maybe, I don't know. But like, no, um, but, but yeah, like I think definitely trying to reflect a bit more, looking with a bit more, that's something I've tried to do. Well, this is amazing because I, I feel like self-improvement is, is a massive thing and I feel like a lot of people should try and look within before they start looking without or, or sorry outside um, of, of their circle of what they can control so hearing that you journal hearing that you have these trackers so to speak hearing that you have these colors to determine your mood I feel like that's massively important in improving oneself and not just in relation to content but in relation to life in general so I think this is fascinating for the viewers to see yeah, I think it's just, it's helped me maybe understand myself a bit more. Um, and it's also one of those things like, you know, if I, if I can see like if I've put on the day, oh, I've just felt a bit flat today, I can look across and say, well, I've not actually done anything. You know, these things that I'm trying to do without the month, you know, whether it's, you know, learn some more stuff on Skillshare, whether it's go to the gym, whether it's, you know, go for a cycle or, you know, read. If I can see on that line that I've not done anything in that day, I can easily say, oh, well, the reason I feel flat is because I've done nothing so you know it's also a good way there to sort of look back and think ah oh, well you know i've not helped myself in that regard what i what i need to do to feel better is, is actually do things and like yeah that sort of thing no i love that and and i think let's switch it to something that's that's really positive that's happened to you and that was late last year we, we touched on it beforehand you made the decision to go part-time at work so you could focus more on content what I want to know, yes. Sam, is why was that the right time? What made you think, right, now's the time to do this? Uh, it was the right time for me to do it. Um, well, importantly, like, it's a bit of a taboo thing, right, with, with, you know, talking about money. But it was the right thing for me to do financially at the time. It was at the point where, you know, it was getting to where... Um, you know the YouTube, Twitch, Patreon, that kind of stuff. It was it was getting to the point where that was pretty similar to what I was earning in my uh, my day to day sort of job, and and it's and, and time is the most important thing. I feel time can get taken away from you so easily, um, and if you're working eight hours a day, five days a week, that's that's a lot of time. And so I felt like to make better quality videos, because essentially all my content creation stuff was in the evenings after work or on a on a weekend and to make better videos i needed more time to to do that and so it just felt like the right time financially to uh to take that step you know and, and not rely so much on my job and put some more reliance on the, the, the content creation stuff because ultimately i, you know, I want to do this as my job so it was the right time then it was also the right time professionally uh in regards to you know my channel was growing and to take that next step i had to put more time into making better videos so professionally you know that was that was the right time for me there as well and it was also i think definitely for my own happiness as well because 
I'm bloody fed up with like that sort of nine to five sort of grind. Um, it's not really the, I think it's generally environment for me. I don't like the idea of a nine to five sort of thing. Um, Cause I don't really feel like I'm in control sort of thing and not in like a, um, you know, like a conspiracy theory. Oh, we're not in control of our own lives, man, sort of thing. Uh, more of in control of like, what I what I can do because within a nine to five I felt very restricted and I feel like it's, it's a big organization that I work for so and, and you kind of just kind of get moved around as and when is needed you feel like you've got no control in that sort of thing and I, I maybe I'm very cynical sort of thing but I also feel like you know if I died the next day they'd just be there replacing me with another cog in the machine right and so being able and I think that got me down a bit as well just not and also because there's so much so little time in the rest of the days right when I'm at work making content in the evening going to bed wake up work content all that the cycle there and there was not a whole lot of free time there's still not a whole lot of free time I've actually broken it down um I'm sure it's something we might talk about briefly uh, in a bit um about my days and weeks essentially yeah just, just tell me what your typical day is like then because that's a perfect time to to fit that in so uh, the, the, the days do change a little bit to an extent, but I've, got, I've worked it out in a week, right? So in a week, there's 168 hours. And then on the assumption that you sleep eight hours a night, which I, I generally do, because um, it's all tracked in my tracker <laughs> book thing, um, it's, and that's, that's 56 hours taken off, right? Mm. At the moment, I'm working three days a week at the job. So that's um, 24 hours in a week. And then... I will typically see my girlfriend on a weekend. So call that Saturday, Sunday, outside the hours that you're sleeping, call it 16 hours a day. I did this all the maths to work it out. And that makes it sound like going to see my girlfriend's like a job. It's not. I love seeing her. Obviously, it's great. Um, and it's a nice bit of downtime as well. She'll be happy to hear that. Yeah, she'll be very happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's already a significant yeah. chunk of the week taken out. Um, I think for, for me personally, going to the gym exercising is, is, is essential. So I think... I'll probably spend about six hours a week in the gym um, and things like that. And then I've also put down, I've really tried to work this out. You know, if I'm eating, showering, getting ready for the day, all that kind of miscellaneous stuff. If I'm being, if I'm pushing it, maybe as a general, I, I said 90 minutes a day, so 11 hours a week, basically. And then uh, I like to have like an hour before bed to get into bed and sort of read and just sort of unwind. So call that, you know, seven hours, one hour a night, right? After all of that, that leaves 32 hours left in the week, mm. um, which is not a lot. Um, and so a vast majority of that 32 hours is then um, recording videos. So I might do four or five videos a week, right? And that's probably about six hours of recording, um, editing. Again, probably another six hours or so, um, particularly now I've sort of changed editing style a bit to actually be a bit more intentional with editing to make videos better. Um and then creating thumbnails and doing all the titles, text uploading, that might be another couple hours or so on top of that. And then obviously you've got to research the videos and uh, edit them. Um, oh, sorry, research the videos. And then you, I use the, the editor a lot, but trying to work out how to use the editor to do certain things takes up a lot, but that, that, that can take up a lot of scripting and stuff like that. So that's another four or five hours a week, I'd say maybe um, at sort of the top end of it. And in the end, that kind of leaves you with like about 10 hours left, maybe. Um, and in that time, I've not even talked about streaming, um, which I've taken a bit of a step back from recently to an extent, but I want to get back into it a bit more. 
but that's another 10 hours for like actually you know i don't know watching a tv show or playing a game and stuff like that and this is just like you know maybe a typical week other weeks it's less busy other weeks it's more busy um it depends on depends how on on it i am with planning and, re and recording and stuff like that so um yeah it can get really busy and hectic and so sort of tying it back in towards the was it the right time having those extra 16 hours working to do five days a week right there was so much crammed in and i just it wasn't a i wasn't the happiest because i was just so busy all the time tired all the time and so it felt like the right time to focus on my happiness a bit more take back a bit of control have a bit more freedom in my time and days um to to do something that i love and want to do and, and pursue further you know potentially hopefully to be a full-time career so that's yeah there we go a long-winded answer but there we go no I, I genuinely love that i love that thought process and i fully agree with you if you can do something for yourself that you love and that you're passionate about that is what you should be spending your life doing as somebody who's a little bit older and hasn't necessarily done that over the recent years or over the last 14 15 years hearing you speak i feel really proud to hear that from you if that it's it's a it's a weird feeling just because it's nice that you're so targeted and, and you're so you know you've made those decisions because happiness ultimately seems to be what you've chosen yes i think that i think that's the most important thing like um <laughs> like i like you always hear like it's the phrase of our oh, money doesn't make you happy um etc etc um and i think i think it's easy to say if you have a lot of money right um and i'm i'm on the chase to try and get a lot of money you know that's that's i i you know but on the way to do that i want to be as happy as i can in the in the pursuit of that um like i don't know if that's supposed to look really bad all of a sudden but like you know um I, I want to be in a position when I am retired one day where, you know, I've, I've, I've lived a happy life and I've earned a lot of money in the process, for example, and I can, I can help my, my, this is really thinking down the line to be fair, but, you know, ideally, in an ideal world, help my kids and grandkids if they ever come about sort of thing. Um, so they don't have to worry about anything and they can have a good happy life doing what they want to do um sort of thing i think um and maybe that's a bit of a bit of a weird tangent to suddenly take it on but yeah that's kind of maybe where i was kind of going no that's great to hear and then in relation to that then so football manager is known to be quite a niche subject uh, quite a niche topic in relation to youtube have you ever thought about expanding beyond football manager then so some of these Whilst you can be make a very good living within Football Manager, but if you're talking about these long-term goals, these massive goals, have you ever thought about going beyond the Football Manager realm? Yes, I have done. And um, it, it, we're coming soon. It, it's trying to find the time to properly um, just put the whole wheel, excuse me, in motion. But I, I love Formula One. Formula One is my... I probably like it more than football to an extent. Um and I think I'd love to do a channel, a Formula One channel, particularly with the new Motorsport Manager, not Motorsport, F1 Manager game yeah. coming out. Um, the new actual F1 driving game comes out um, first of July, I think, actually, a few days' time. Um, but also just to like do a bit more like, you know, IRL F1 content. So there, there is certainly plans to have an F1 channel coming out in the next couple of months or so. Um, 
and that's another sort of step I want to take in, in, in a content journey to diversify a bit, explore another passion. Um, I think that would make me happy as well to, you know, explore that sort of thing a bit more. So, yeah, there's definitely ideas that I want to do in that regard. I think a bit further down my line as well, like I said earlier, my degree is in history. I've always loved history. It's my favorite thing. Um, and so... I kind of want to do a podcast on the Crusades because that was always my favourite part of history at university. Uh, I loved it. And it's one of those things, right, where you look around and there's not actually a whole lot of consumable content on history topics. So um, a specific podcast on the Crusades, I think would be something I'd love to do. So that's kind of in, that. that's going to be more like, you know, autumn, winter time when that actually comes to fruition, actually being released because I'm in the very early stages of like, planning how to do it because you know i want to make sure it's 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 a very good podcast i want to make sure that all my facts are right and i'm telling it in the right way um that's engaging and things like that but also i've got to focus on the other stuff first um like the the, the football manager stuff the f1 stuff that's you know a bit more tangible things that i can actually do right now that are a bit more pressing in my mind i love formula one so you have your first subscriber sir Good, good. I'll, I'll send you the link as soon as I make the channel. You'll be the more yeah, one. 100%. I'll be there. I'll be there. And good. I love the fact that you're thinking beyond that as well with the history. Obviously, I was speaking to Zealand recently and he mentioned about having a travel channel, so to speak, a, a travel show. I also know that he's big into his history as well. So I do think it's, it's great to see people thinking outside the football manager sphere as well because content can be anything, right? And, and yes. you know, we, we don't need to limit ourselves to football manager as much as we love it and we do love the game. Let's not forget that we do love the game but i feel like i feel like trying things is is really important and i think yes. if you've got something that's on your mind and you want to try it it's important that you do so you have no regrets i i completely echo that i was about to say the same sort of thing right i'd rather you know do something and not go well rather than not do it and regret it sort of thing so you know both the history podcast and the f1 channel could immediately flop and no one watches it or listens to it or cares about it but i'd rather give it a shot um and put it out there than just think about it and never do it and be like oh what if what if no definitely you mentioned your twitch and your limited time you recently applied for twitch partner again unfortunately you got knocked back do you think that was why you've taken a bit of a step back from twitch um I mean, to an extent, maybe, yeah. I think I think I have a bit of a love-hate thing with, with, with Twitch. I love it because it's it, it's the best way to communicate with your audience because it's it's instant interaction, it's direct, and I love talking to people on the stream. Uh, I find it so interesting, all their like you know life stories or what they've been up to kind of thing. I like the interaction, how it's just a nice chill-out. But I also don't like you've got to be in the right mindset and mood to do it and whereas a video is i'm much more suited to creating videos as well i don't think i'm a, I'm not as good as live streaming as i am making videos i know that after you know years of doing both right and as much as i love streaming the video process video making will always come first for me um just what i prefer it's what i'm what i'm more suited to and like i said well, i think the point i was going to make was with a video you can sit down and write, write and make a video. I can turn it on for half an hour as I record um, and sort of be the outgoing and heightened and, you know, excited version of yourself. Whereas on a stream, it's so difficult to do that for 
two, three, four hours right if you're not in the mood for it. And then it feels forced and then it feels it's not your best content. And so I just don't think I'm quite made for streaming as much as I am for for YouTube. And it's something I'd like to change because, you know, I, I do enjoy when I'm in the mood for it. I love streaming so much. It's great fun. But um, for me, the video making process is always the priority. And so a lot of the time I'll have made a lot of the time I I want to stream, but I'll, I've made a few videos because um, that's the priority and I'll get to the end of that and just like I really can't be asked I'm tired I just want to sit down so a lot of that comes comes from that as well to be fair um, and so it's definitely something I want to do a bit more of in the future um, but it's 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 lower down on my priority list in things that I do in the day so obviously you were involved in the streamer showdown and you picked a team of Tom's it was brilliant content. People loved the content, but I think there were some lessons to be learned from that. What did you learn from that? Yeah, um, obviously the team of Toms was, uh, it, it was picked to create a moment and to create some some good content. But I think, uh, I think overall after discussions with, you know, everyone involved, it was, it was more of a, I need to be more mindful of others because a lot of people work really hard to create great streams and get into the, the streamer showdown. It's, you know, it's it's, it's seen as like, you know, a, a great platform to be in. Like everyone wants to be in the streamer showdown. And if I'm just messing around picking the team of Toms, then what does that say about, you know, the the competitive integrity of the competition to an extent? And, and whilst it did create a moment, it's a one-off, you know, I'm not going to be doing that again. Um, because I, I, you know, I didn't think enough about other people and 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 how it might affect them to an extent. So there was definitely lessons to be learned there. Um, and I, and I think, I think it was, I think it was lucky in a way that perhaps it was me that, that that's done that because I am very good friends with Ben, um, and Matt. And I think that is, you know, if it had been someone else, then maybe that <laughs> maybe the fallout would have been a little bit bigger potentially. <laughs> but because I'm such good friends with them, like. We had a you know good honest chat about it, um, and I can see exactly their point of view. They can see mine, and and like you know we're all friends in the day, and, and and that's that. So yeah, we learned a lot. No, that's excellent. But now you're still part of the streamer showdown. You're you're in, to, well, so this is released on Thursday. So you're in yesterday's. You, you've just drafted an amazing team. We've already decided it's the best team in the world. Yes, you've been doing really well in this streamer showdown, FM22. So a few semi-final appearances. I think you've also, you know, you've done well in the in the league stage, not as as bad as you were in FM twenty one. Are you enjoying yes. the streamer showdown a lot more this time round? Yeah, I mean, I always love the streamer showdown. It is my favourite weekend of the month. Like because as as a content creator, like as we sort of discussed earlier on, you are on your own quite a lot, looking at the screen quite a lot. For that sort of weekend, you do feel like you've got colleagues to an extent, and it's great um, talking to everyone, getting involved, being collaborative. Particularly the <clears throat> excuse me the the meetings on the sunday afterwards like we're there talking until you know two three four in the morning sort of thing just just having a good time and, and just chatting like the actual meeting meeting part reviewing things is maybe like an hour at most and, and the rest of it is just having a good time messing around um and and yeah i love that side of it so it's always my favorite weekend i always enjoy it i just think i've got a bit better at the game or this version of the match engine is it more suited to me fm20 i was i was very good you know whatever i did tactically the match engine was quite suited to what i did fm21 not so much fm22 
it seems to work it better for me. I've not got to a final, um, but I've certainly done an awful lot better, um, which always feels nice as well, because again, like we said earlier, I am quite competitive. So when it comes to a showdown, I desperately want to win. Even that team of Toms, I knew like I'm picking this team of Toms, it's going to do rubbish, but I wanted to win. You know, every time I lost, it did it did sting a bit, um, even though I literally knew I was meant to lose every single game probably with the team that I'd picked. But, you know, it was good to to add that drama with that as well to, a, to an extent. So yeah, that was good fun. Uh, that's great to hear in relation to streaming showdown. I want to quickly move on to your TikTok because you're one of the okay, yeah. innovators of TikTok in the football manager space. You've got, I think it's five figure followers. Sorry, I, I didn't check this morning. But you know, you are using TikTok as a media to drive traffic to you and also to make that a success. You're one of the first people to do it in a successful way in the football manager space. Tell me what drove you to do that and why you've been able to be so successful in it. Um, well, we'll answer the why am I successful in it bit first. Uh, the answer is I don't know. I, I don't know how it, the algorithm works there or anything like that. I, I think I just got very lucky that the first video I published on there got some likes and was pushed around up quite a bit and then subsequent videos were as well and it just it just seems to have done quite well i don't understand how i don't know what i did um to to because that's very rare right um you know i think there's about thirteen thousand followers on there which is which is crazy um and there's a few videos there's one video that's like 1.6 million views there's there's a, quite a few over a hundred thousand and I've no idea how I've done it. I don't understand how TikTok algorithm works. But essentially, like you say, like I just started it off because I um, started doing it because I thought, right, let's. I've seen other people in other niches than YouTube use uh, TikTok as the way to put some content on there and then drive people across to um, their YouTube channel. In a similar way, excuse me, people use youtube to drive people to their their twitch it's just just trying to do a bit of that it's just literally experimenting with a bit of that a bit of short form content all i was doing was taking some funny moment from a video and just changing the aspect ratio and putting it on tiktok and it seemed to seem to work quite well to an extent uh on there so it has been you know a nice platform i'd like to do a bit more with the youtube short side of things because now shorts are becoming a lot more of a um a visible part of youtube i think that would be a good way to do it um i see a lot of people have second channels for it i don't really think that's necessary but again i don't know too much about it it's not like a whole ton of research into it but i think if i do well i will put some shorts up uh, and they'll be on my channel and hopefully that drives more people through to you know watch more videos but yeah essentially it's just another way to try and get some organic growth yeah so from tiktok i want to talk about your in real life opportunities and you said right at the start one of your your top highlight moments over the last 12 months involved Lincoln City Football Club. And tell me how that came about and tell me about that opportunity and how much it means to you. Yeah, it means an awful lot, actually. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, it means an awful lot to me, actually, on the grounds that, you know, I'm a Lincoln City fan. I always have been my entire life. Never supported a Premier League club. It, to be honest, if it's, if it's not Lincoln City, I'm not too fussed about anything else mm. football-wise. You know, I've never really watched much of the Premier League. Like we've got Sky Sports, but I, I don't watch the, the Premier League stuff on it. Like, if it's not Lincoln City, I'm not really that fussed. So it was a huge honour for me to be part of the, the commentary team. It came about because, uh, essentially, it's, it's audio descriptive commentary. So for I'm commentating for fans in the stadium who are 
blind or they've got a visual impairment or a disability any sort of way that they can't follow the game properly they might need a bit of guidance to to help them follow the game so they can go to the game watch it and understand it as well as the person next to them and get that full sort of stadium match day atmosphere experience which i think is fantastic that clubs are you really trying to prioritize that so rather than it being like a tv commentary for example where maybe you're like i don't know alexander Arnold on the ball across to van dyke long ball forward it's a lot more like it's it's really really in depth so it'd be like <clears throat> alexander arnold right foot pass five yards to his left uh van dyke into the feet of van dyke something like that mm. so it's really really intense you know to really properly describe every aspect of what's going on um and it came about because the linkers were trying to do more of this trying to be more accessible for their fans and they they literally put a tweet out saying we are hiring some audio descriptive commentators um apply here if you want to get involved and i saw it i follow link on twitter obviously but i saw it first because there were about three people that tweeted uh is a reply to it saying at tom fm underscore yt you should do this so i looked at it i thought great that's right down my street i'll apply for it um you had to put like a bit of a sample commentary bit on there as well so essentially and the application you just put your name <laughs> and this sample bit of um commentary which i did um they got back to me and said yeah we'd like you to come down for a um it was a, tra- it was a training day they said essentially and there were about 12 people at this training day and they said right the three of you are going to be able to you know are going to pick to do this um and so today's all about teaching you what we do you do a bit of it and then we'll assess and, and, and see um you know which one of you guys or which three of you guys are going to do it and it was really weird at the training day because uh there were some people there who who watched my videos wow uh which which was <laughs> that was bizarre in the first instance were they fanboying um, were they like oh my god it's time of it oh no it wasn't anything like that so much i don't think <laughs> um but like i was i remember being sat there uh no we we just finished like the first bit of training i'd gone to get like, a drink of water and as i was filling this this water bottle up this guy came uh, stood next to me and was like ah oh, shame about the psg result last night and i was like the PSG result thinking like did PSG play last night and he was referring to me playing as whoever I was playing with at the time uh, on YouTube uh, we'd lost to PSG in like the semi-finals of the Champions League um, and I thought it was amazing I thought it was so funny um, so, so that, that was good um, anyway I was offered the the role um, which is great and actually the guy who spoke to me about PSG he was also offered the role he's called Scott I love him to pieces such a nice guy uh, we're really good friends now um so it was really nice um i made some really good friends doing that obviously as well um which is great so yeah that's how it came about that's how i got it um and that's how me and scott spend most of our time talking about football manager um when we're not commentating the game i can think of nothing more rewarding than bringing football to people who can't appreciate it as much because of impairments so I feel like that is such an amazing thing that Lincoln City Football Club have done in the first instance and then obviously you getting the job. I, ju- I can just think of nothing more rewarding. Yeah, it's been it's been absolutely fantastic. I've loved every second of it. Um, you know, getting able to, you know, you go into the games for free, but also, you know, you are doing the job obviously to, to help people and things like that. And the feedback we've got is really nice. Um, people seem to really, really enjoy it. And that's, that's the main thing. They're getting something out of it. They're enjoying it. That's what's been really good as well. Um, and obviously I, I, I wouldn't be doing that without what I do on YouTube right because I don't think I would have had the skill set to have been able to to commentate 
because essentially it's what I do every day pretty much I'm commentating on football to an extent on, on, on you know doing a let's play for example so I would not have had the skill set if I didn't do this in the first place and that's led to um, in this past off season like I got in contact well I was on I was on I was asked to go on uh, BBC Radio Lincolnshire I've been on a couple of times um, just you know a bit of air fill right and they talk about someone local who's doing something on the, on the internet you know so I've been on there a couple of times to talk about it there was one time which is so bizarre uh, I was asked to be the mystery voice on this radio show <laughs> As what? if anyone was going to know my voice. Um, they didn't. Um, and it was the most bizarre thing that. But uh, in the off season, or maybe right at the end of last season, I was asked, you know, to come on, do a quick interview just to, you know, talk about the channel um, by someone in the sports team. And that's when I said to them, oh, I've been doing this commentary at Lincoln City this past season. Uh, is there any chance I can get involved with the radio team? You know, I know you've got a huge team for Lincoln City, but they, they do a lot of coverage. It's, it's BBC Radio Lincolnshire, so they do a lot of stuff for... Um, they'll do match coverage of Boston, Gainsborough, Sleaford, Spalding, all that kind of thing. Um, so I said, like, you know, if I can get involved doing, you know, stuff there, just to sort of, you know, take it to the next level sort of thing. Um, so hopefully this next upcoming season, I've done a couple of training days with the BBC now. Um, so hopefully this upcoming season, I'll be doing a few bits with them. Um within their sports team maybe within the wider team as well um but yeah that's just another avenue that this sort of has taken me down and, and kind of like football commentary for me is kind of where the roots i kind of want to go to a little bit yeah i love that so literally now this has opened up avenues where you can potentially be a full-time football commentator and that is i mean yeah that that'd be the dream but from where you started did you ever think that five years later you'd be in this position where it's actually a real possibility no, uh, not at all. Um, I started the channel off because it looked fun, and I thought there's a there's a gap in the market there for me. I didn't think I thought I thought I could fit in quite nicely and 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 create some stuff that other people weren't creating. Um, and from there, it just led to to loads of different weird, funny things down the line. And, and this is one of them, and it's it's crazy, yeah. Well, Tom, one of my final questions to you today. Where do you see yourself a year from now? Because if you look at where you've been in the last year, from 20,000 to 35,000 subs, from from streaming and YouTube videos to now being a commentator for Lincoln City Football Club, look how far you've come in the last 15 months since you were last on the Scouting Centre. And I'm not taking credit for any of it. The Scouting Centre had nothing to do with it, I promise. But (laughs) where do you see yourself from now to next year? Um, that's a good question because I I think I think it's one of those things where you can really overestimate what you can do in a month or a year, but you massively underestimate what you can do in like five or ten years, for example. It's it's, it's one of those things, right? And so, um, I'd love to be able to say like I'll be hundred thousand subscribers. Whether I'll be there or not, I don't know. I'll be a lot closer to it, but I'd love to be. I think ultimately that hundred thousand is like a it's a huge number for me in my head. I'd love to get there. Um, I will get there. I will get there. I know I will. Like, I know it's in me to get there. Uh, I've said this not quite from the start because you know you never think that when you first start things. But once it got going and you know I thought oh, I really enjoy doing this and I feel like I'm quite good at it. A hundred thousand was always in my head. I'm like I'm, I'm gonna get there and I will get there. So in a year's time, I'd like to say I'm a lot closer to that goal. Um, I'd like to say that I'm commentating on real life football a lot more. 
doing different games and you know freelancing that sort of world a bit i would i'd like to i say continue being happy because i'm happy right now but i feel like you can always be happier so i'd like to be happier in a sense um i say i'd like to be out of this room to an extent but you know <laughs> the way the markets are, are looking and how hard it is for people getting on the housing market mm. like <laughs> maybe i won't be i don't know um like it's mad like it's something stupid the the, the house my parents bought when um i was born pretty much 25 years ago they bought it for like sixty thousand at the time mm. it went on the market like a couple weeks ago for three hundred and sixty thousand which is like a 600% increase since they bought it 25 years ago. And obviously wages in that time have not gone up 600%. And that's just a thing that makes me angry, the inflation of house prices and stuff like that. But, you know, that's a that's a story for another podcast. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, I can add that. I can add a section on that if you want. <laughs> I don't mind. It's your, it's your interview. You can go no, wherever you want I to get, go. I, I get what you mean, though. It's very difficult for young people to now get onto the housing market. It's, it's virtually impossible, uh, some would say. It's difficult, yeah. Like, out of my solid group of friends, uh, we're all uh, 25. Um, one of us has just bought his first house, but he was able to get the deposit together because he won the ITV7's, like, racing bet thing. I don't really know what it is, but he won a big ton of money on that. Um, and that. And that was a huge... That, that's the reason he's got the house. Like, obviously, he's been working hard and saving up and things like that, but to get him over that line... He had that huge winnings there, which has massively helped him out, obviously, um, which is great for him. Um, but yeah, like it's just 20 is just such a weird age. Uh, I go on a bit of a tangent here. I'm sorry, Diz. Yeah, sorry. But uh, it's 20 is such a weird age because there's there's people like me who, who live at home with their parents, right? There's other people, like my friend who just bought a house, which is great. There's other people that are renting with friends, other people that are married, other people that have never been in a relationship for them in life, like... I feel like your twenties are such a, a weird age, and you don't really know where you're meant to be or what you're meant to be doing. Maybe it's the same all sort of you know thirties, forties, fifties. Maybe it's the same, but I always feel like by the time you're in your thirties, everyone's a bit more settled and knowing what they're doing. Like twenties just seems mad, and like you never quite know where you should be or or what you should be doing or stuff like that. So again, sorry, a bit of a tangent there, but yeah. Personally, <laughs> I'll, I'll no, no. Personally, I feel like. From my overriding factor from speak to you is that you you very much like to live in the now. Yeah, and I, I feel so. I, I feel that's the best way to do it because I tell you what at thirty eight like at thirty eight I'm going through a career change. I finally realised that hosting and podcast hosting and presenting is something that I want to do. So I don't think people always have it really switched on as to what they want to do for our twenties, thirties, forties. The only thing I think you can focus on is now and how you can get to where you want to be, but now if that makes yeah. sense. Okay, yeah. That's a good bit of advice. Thank you, Diz. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Um, Tom, where can we find you on your socials? Uh, you can find me on YouTube, uh, TomFM, obviously. Um, Twitch, TomFM. TikTok, TomFM. Twitter, at TomFM underscore YT, because of the Spanish kid who's got the at TomFM. Um, he still refuses to give it to me. <laughs> and when I say refuses, just never reply to my tweets. Even I tweet to him in Spanish, uh, nothing which is annoying. Um, so I might see if like tomfm.es, you know, the Spanish internet, <laughs> see if that's available, take that off him, for example. Um, but yeah, tomfm underscore YT on YouTube, on, on um, tw uh, Twitter, one of them, that's the one. 
But Tom, thank you so much for returning to the Scouting Centre podcast. It's obviously been 15 months and in that time, you've achieved so much. And I really feel this time we've got to know you a lot better on a personal level. So thank you so much for being so open and sharing that with us. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, it's nice to like talk about it out loud sometimes. A lot of these thoughts go through my head all the time and like you never sort of say it out loud and sometimes saying it out loud is, is quite nice to sort of get it out of your head and system a little bit. So thank you for providing the opportunity to do that and um, hopefully listeners gain something from it. And listeners, I hope you do. Please make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, set your notifications on. We run Scouting Centre twice a week at the minute. We have been planning the future of Scouting Centre and we have got future guests already lined up. Some from the football manager world, some outside of the football manager world as well. So we're trying to diversify as well. So please make sure your support is appreciated. So hit that subscription button. It means the world to me. And yeah, I'll see you on the next one. I've been Mr. Diz. Take care. Bye-bye.